the only thing worse than ignorance is knowing how bad things are and not doing anything about it. And so I decided I was going to try to do something about it. Welcome to Drop the Diss, and thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and of course, if you do, we hope that you tell a friend. Today, we talked to David Ray. Uh, well, when I moved here, I was a cash register repairman. I used to travel the southeast in a van fixing Verifone cash registers. And Chris Williamson. Not that I like being an entrepreneur, but I like to find a way to recoup money for hobbies. Who together run a business that helps put the cyber in Cyber City, Cyber City Circuits. So we're like a for hire, you know, build it whatever you need, we can kind of build in house. We talked to them about their recent growth, moving to a new facility and pursuing their mission despite the challenges of COVID-19. Everything that we were just marketing towards is now over, what do we do? Chris and David have been working on building an economic impact in and for Augusta while also forwarding their mission to create a better ecosystem for education and to improve the high school graduation rate in Richmond County. This is a great conversation about building a business with purpose right here locally that seeks and is making a national and probably soon will make an international impact. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We do hope you enjoy it. We appreciate you taking the time with us. Uh, we are sorry that this is coming out a day late, but we hope you enjoy it all the same. And this episode, like every episode, is presented by our friend Nancy Powell from Powell & Associates. We talk all the time about how it's really great to work with Nancy because of how plugged into the community she is, how many referrals she has, how much experience she has, but at the end of the day, when you make your decision to choose a real estate agent, choose a real estate brokerage, you want to choose one that's going to be on your side, that's going to be knowledgeable, and they're going to get the job done. Nancy Powell is and does all of those things. She has worked with Chris and I both directly, and we both highly recommend her personally and professionally. If you want to give her a call, her phone number is 706-717-1281. Even if you don't know what you're going to be doing, maybe you just have some questions about the real estate market because it's so crazy. You bought your house a couple years ago. You want to know what your options are to get equity out of it. Talk to Nancy and follow her at Downtown Augusta Broker on all social medias. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm David. We're Drop the Disc Podcast. We are here dropping the disc every week in the city of Augusta. And uh, we've got two special guests today. And today we are here with... Chris Williamson. And David Ray. Awesome. So before we kind of jump in and introduce everybody to you guys, uh, give us like a quick like 30 second of what you guys do, what company you're here with, uh, that kind of stuff. We're with uh, Cyber City Circuits. We, uh, we're the largest electronics manufacturer in Augusta. We also do a lot of research and development for other companies, product development and things like that, and uh, special projects and education. We, we teach electronics to people in the local community and things like that. You guys are a couple techie people kind of working to give Cyber City the Cyber City name. David, I know that I have known you for a while mm -hmm. because of the clubhouse and right. your time there. Uh, so it's cool to see you guys grow, so you guys have a new location. Uh, just real quick, where is that new location? We are at 1001 Walton Way. Perfect. Right across the street from the uh, courthouse. And the Diablos. And now the Diablos. <laughs> Excellent. Now that, we, 
now that we've teased that, we can start the episode. Right. And talk about tech. Um, I'm holding a business card that doesn't look like a business card. That's right. But I, I'm sure it's also a computer. Right. Some... I'm sure it's also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. These business cards are actually uh, Arduino Unos, if you will. Uh, they're a little microcomputer that you can build um, just right on the business card itself. Yeah, David, I think I've seen you play an instrument with these, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, but before we get into what you guys are doing, before we get into the circuits and the details and all that, let's kind of wind things back. Let's take it back. Yeah. And let's take a volunteer to go first. Chris, how about you? Sure, I'll go first. <laughs> um, so my background. Uh, are you I have from done, Augusta? Yeah, I'm originally from Augusta, Beach Island area. I okay. grew up over in Carolina. Um and my background has kind of been machining and automation, you know, mechatronics, that kind of stuff for as long as I can remember. Uh, right out of high school, I kind of got into robotics pretty big. And I've competed a couple of times on a show you guys might have heard of, uh, BattleBots. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, BattleBots is getting ready to film next week, but we're taking a season off. Uh, but we've we've got some parts actually in robots that are going next, actually competing next week. And... Um, you know, that's, that's kind of my background. I've, I've been involved in machining for as long as I can remember, fabrication, automation. Um, and then a few years ago, I was able to roll that into doing more electronics and learning how to bring what I was building to life with electronics. Um, and so, we got into teaching and all that kind of stuff, too. So so did you go to school in this area to, to learn about that? How do you get it? I mean, you said as long as you can remember, but I don't think you were three building electronics. Where did it start? Um, so I got my first computer, I think, when I was five or six. Okay. Um, so I was, I was actually pretty close yeah, to being you're, wrong Yeah, you're there. pretty close. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm fully self-taught. So I, when I was five or six, I was learning uh, how to program BASIC on my little TRS-80. And uh, from there, you know, all the way through middle school, high school, I was doing quick basic and some visual basic programming, do development work. And then kind of as soon as I realized BattleBots was out there and I really liked robots, I kind of flipped into, uh, you know, actually building things and putting my hands, you know, making things work. When was that? Uh, That would have been right out of high school. So 2000, 2001. Okay. So graduate high school, 2001, still in Beach Island. Yep. And you're like, hey, I'm going to build robots that are going to fight each other. Yep, exactly. Uh, we started a uh, <laughs> we started a league way back then called uh, the South Ca- uh, Southeastern Combat Fighting Robotics League, the SCCR. And uh, we there was about four of us got together, put some money together, built an arena, and we hosted four or five competitions in the Southeast uh, that was smaller wow. than BattleBots. Wow. <laughs> yep. I did not know we were going to talk about BattleBots exactly. today. I love that. And then, uh, you know, flipping to there, that that pushed me into doing machining because I wanted to be able to build my own parts and make, you know, whatever I needed to do. So I was able to get a job, you know, doing CNC work, uh, fabrication. And then from there, you know, just transitioning over in electronics the last few years has really, you know, brought everything full circle. So now I can, I feel like I can build just about anything. Okay. And so how long have you been with cyber city circuits? Or I guess I should ask how long have you known David? Uh, just over a year. So David and uh, about two years. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is going on two years now. Right. Um, uh, I met David probably close to two years now. We uh, we were kind of running in the same circles of people together, but we never actually met before. And uh, I posted that I was going to buy some equipment on Facebook and, uh, you know, some pick-and-place equipment for doing electronics. And turns out he did the same thing a couple of days prior. So the people that were kind of in our circles, you know, <laughs> mentioned us together and they said, Hey, you guys need to go talk to each other before uh, everybody spends a whole bunch of money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great friends. And, and so did you like, 
did you want to get into the space of being an entrepreneur? I mean, as a co-owner of Cyber City, you've kind of wandered into that um, from what could be described as a lot more cushy of a situation. Yes. So just about every hobby that I've had, I've turned into some type of business. So you like being an entrepreneur? Not that I like being an entrepreneur, but I like to find a way to recoup money for hobbies. <laughs> true, true. I like that. Um, so, you know, I was well said. finding myself, you know, spending money, you know, uh, at one time I owned a car audio shop where I was, I was having fun building stereos and building crazy cars and all that kind of stuff. I was doing it myself to my vehicles. And uh, so I started a company around that because I was spending so much money on audio gear. Um, I played paintball for a while. I don't know if you guys have done that. Oh, That's yeah. super expensive. I actually yes, just is. played paintball for the first time yeah. last weekend. The you first still, time? Still yeah. First for real? Time. Actually, I only got shot one time, and, <laughs> and it's, it's on my there. arm. I was actually pretty good, <laughs> except getting shot in the eye. But you wear the, the masks, so there's no pain. Yep. So I, I kind of turned that, did a little spinoff on a business of that, making paintball parts uh, for some markers and that kind of stuff. And um uh, same thing with robotics. You know, once I got into robotics and I was building parts for, uh, you know, some of the other teams, I, I kind of created an online store and was just selling parts that way just to, that way I could kind of offset the money that I was spending on, you know, what I wanted to do. I was actually bringing some income in. And this goes the same way with the electronics. You know, it was something that I needed. So why not spin it up into a business and help others, you know, do the same thing. So you're 100% self-taught. Yes, 100%. Never uh, come out of high school. Actually got out of high school a year early and no college just all backyard training. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. So I guess we'll take this opportunity now. We'll flip it to David. Um, sure. Although, Chris, I, I know we'll see you soon. Yes. <laughs> David, are you from Augusta? I'm from West Columbia, okay. which is an hour up I-20. It's not too far. We'll no. call you We'll call you in a big circle, but we can't call you from Augusta. Right. I moved down <laughs> here and uh, I moved to North Augusta in 2009 okay. and uh, for work, and I've been here ever since. So what, taking a step back though a little bit, you know, we heard about Chris, he is a kind of manufacturer of technology mm -hmm. in, in various types of worlds. And you're kind of the same way. Um, before you moved here, what is it that you were, that you were wanting to do? What is it that you were doing professionally? Uh, well, when I moved here, I was a cash register repairman. I used to travel to Southeast in a van fixing Verifone cash registers going around different gas stations and just repairing people's stuff. Uh, but prior to that, I was working at, um, I was in the military. Okay. So I got retired out of the Marine Corps. I was doing radio repair for the for the Marine Corps. And uh, when I got out, I went into cash register repair. And that was the job that moved me down to Augusta. Oh, gotcha. Wow. Okay. And then um, I went to college, went to Aiken Tech, okay. graduated from Aiken Tech and I guess it was like 2012. And okay. then I uh, went to go work at SRS doing radio repair for SRS. I did that for a while, and then I went back to the cash register repair job, and then I realized in uh, late 2018, early 2019, that there was really no way forward in that position, that if I wanted to move forward in that position, that uh, I would have to leave. I would have to go find, I would have to make my own position, make my own yeah. company, make my own thing. Uh, and late 2018, I started, um, I started a company. That became Cyber City Circuits, and uh, where I can do design work and I can um, do training and things like that. 
and I was doing design work for other small businesses within Augusta to, to help with their electronics needs and things like that. Give us some examples of some early David Ray, because you didn't even have the name at this point, right? You just no. knew what you wanted to do. Well, it started out as David Ray Electronics and More, <laughs> and because uh, I couldn't think, and it, it, it was great because you know it's Very a original it's dream, D R E A M. Oh, so right. it worked well, out like pretty that. nice. I like that. I think I have, or at least at one point, had ori- one of yeah. these cards from you that had Dream on it. Right. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Stilt Pro out of Thompson. He's uh, uh, Tom Knuth was a design engineer for John Deere. Okay. And then he decided that he had an idea for a great agricultural product that he wanted to bring to market. And he did. And so he needed a uh, electronics control module, essentially the same thing that would go in your car to control your car, okay. to control this piece of agricultural equipment. And, uh, and we built it for him and we designed it for him. We still service him today. And he's uh, selling that product all around the country. You're you're saying we? Are you meaning just the company as a the whole? The company as a whole, yeah. You it, had, did you have other people working for you at Dream? At at the time, no. But okay. now, but now we do, and we still support that that product. It's uh, speaking it into existence. I see. Right. You say yes. we enough times, you will hire <laughs> staff eventually. <laughs> right. So at that point, you were also, if I'm not mistaken, that's when you were with the clubhouse. Is that right? At the time, yeah. And you ended up moving to another space and kind of growing the business concept. Right. Uh, and 2018 is when you launched Dream. Yes. At what point did it change to Cyber City Circuits? Well, I realized that um, I was having a hard time getting more work, and then everybody else was just putting Cyber in their business name. And I, I, you know, I was like, hey, if you put Cyber in something, money just happens, right? So, <laughs> so that's I tried that, and it turns out that it might be true. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and it's a catchy name. Right. I like it. It is. So, so where was that next location that, that you moved over to? Oh, well, we're on 11th Street. It, it turns out that it was uh, it was the, no, well, for, for that, a short time, before that. Yeah, yeah, before that. Before that, I was on Broad Street. I had a room in the back of a uh, cell phone repair store <laughs> uh, on Broad Street, and the roof kept leaking. And then uh, New Year's, or uh, the week of New Year's Eve 2019, okay. the roof caved in. So I had to, I had time to get to out. Go. Yeah, it's time, time to go. go. <laughs> and uh, so then at the time, I was already talking to Chris about bringing him on. And so we just moved into a shed in his backyard. And we bought we bought the equipment. We bought pick-and-place machines. We had an entire manufacturing line in a shed in his backyard. So it was that Chris. 2020, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, January 2020. Were you the, the first official um, team member? Yeah, yes. I guess you could call it that. Um, and I kind of bought into the company so that we could uh, purchase that original equipment and get the first lines going. And, uh, you know, who knew that three months later the world was going to end? Right, <laughs> right. Perfect time to move into a shed. <laughs> Actually, yes, though. Yes. yes. It, it, was, it, yeah. it worked out perfectly. And honestly, probably a great time to be producing computer parts. So not right away. Uh, we spent the first couple of months trying to, trying to pitch it and, you know, David was going to use the equipment to manufacture things for classes and education right. and to try to keep that ball kind of rolling. And I was doing the same same thing. I've just come from uh, a company working with escape rooms and manu- you know manufacturing props and puzzles and all kinds of stuff with that, uh, mainly on the electronic side. Mm. So I was going to use that same equipment to, you know, build my own puzzles, build my own, you know, game controllers, whatever I needed. And, um, you know, with March hit with COVID and everything, escape rooms all closed down. So that work dried up completely and all the classrooms dried up completely because everybody was shut down. 
Um, so when you're looking at it from that vantage point, you know, of, okay, well, everything that we were just marketing towards is now over. What do we do? <laughs> right. And so what we did was we, uh, we took the time uh, to make uh, face shields. We, we made over 3,000 face shields. And at the time, as best to my knowledge, not a single hospital in Augusta had face shields. So at, at the time, all of the face shields they got, they got from us. Wow. Um, and we were able to produce over 3,000. We gave several hundred to nursing homes, to, uh, to the, uh, Eisenhower, to University uh, who else? Yeah, we could just kind of spread them out everywhere that needed them. Um, chiropractors were begging for them. Uh, right. Just basically nobody was ready with, you know, PPE equipment in the area once COVID came out and said, you know, everybody goes, oh, we need face shields and masks. And um, we were able to get a bunch of in-kind donations from the public right. to actually buy all the equipment. And then we just, we donated our time, gave everything away um, basically for free. I mean, we didn't charge anything for any of the face shields. So terrible business model. Right. It was, it was <laughs> but we needed, we need something to stay busy during that transition phase right. of what are we going to do next? And while, a great thing to do, of course. Right. Um, how long were you guys doing that for? A few, a couple months. Yeah, on t probably from April until towards the end of June, about two months or so that we were just cranking out face shields every day. Um, and then from that point, we kind of started getting a lead towards, hey, we need to actually look at manufacturing contracts. And we started reaching out to different customers and, and people that we were finding that, you know, needed electronics to be made, uh, to be assembled, and they wanted to do it here in the United States. So especially with China being shut down, it was a great time to jump into that with both feet and and pray and hope that, uh, yeah. you know, it actually paid off. And, yeah. and who look at us, it, it actually did. Right. <laughs> That's good. We'll be right back with Chris and David after this quick message from our friends at Savannah River Brewing Company. I got to be honest, guys. I had an incredible weekend. I got an opportunity to go to the Augusta Beer Fest at the JBA, and I had a blast. In three hours, I was able to drink and taste a lot of different beers. And one of those great beers that I got to try was the new beer that Savannah River Brewery has brewed for us for that day. It's a pineapple mango IPA. I loved it. Go try it before it's out at Savannah River Brewery. So let's talk about the first big project that you transitioned from donated face shields to we're doing a business now um, or we're back doing a business is the better way to say it. What, what was that first project? So the first project that we really took on was um, through my network of robotics friends. Uh, a guy out in California reached out to us. And, from, uh, from BattleBots? Yeah, from BattleBots. Love that. And uh, and said, hey, you know, I've, I've been working on a project for the last couple of years. I'm, I'm ready to kind of hand it over to a manufacturer. Or, or is this something that you guys can take on? And uh, we looked at it and said, yeah, we'd, we'd be happy to jump all over that. And it was actually a really, really big uh, project. You know, we were going to have a couple of months in doing all the manufacturing for it. Um, it was probably three or 400 units of, uh, you know, the specialized controller. I wish I could talk more about it, but That's it's, all right. you know, NDAs all and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, it was a really cool device that we were able to build. Uh, and we couldn't really manufacture them in my shed. So we actually had to scramble really quickly to find a location. Um, and we ended up finding uh, the spot where we were previous to where we are now. Uh, it was about 1,200 square feet that we moved into, got the whole manufacturing line. And we were upstairs, so we had to truck everything, you know, up the stairs and through the door and 
and got everything finally running and uh, was able to meet the deadline on it by, you know, wasting a couple of weeks of moving. But uh, but we were able to meet meet the deadline. They were super happy with the product, and uh, we just kind of snowballed from there. We started getting word-of-mouth contracts after that, and uh, we've, we've really done well on Twitter. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Twi- yeah, who knew? Twitter works. <laughs> that, that's what uh, David but, tells me, and I, I don't get it, but it works. Speaking <laughs> of which, we're Make Augusta on Twitter. At Make Augusta. At Make Augusta. We'll follow give you them. another chance to say that uh, okay. later on, but go ahead and follow them. Um, so we're talking about this transition point, which is very recent, which mm-hmm. is just almost basically a year ago when you right. would have been doing this contract. Now, uh, if I understand correctly, is it just the two of you that work for Cyber City now? No, we actually just hired our eighth person. That's crazy. So uh, he starts, we're thinking he's going to start next week. So that's so we have eight people. We have uh, we have somebody in sales. We got somebody in bookkeeping. Uh, we got two uh, two people doing engineering support specialist roles where they do the manufacturing, do the building. Um, and we have some. We actually have three people in engineering specialist roles. We have somebody that focuses exclusively on escape room type of work. Uh, then Chris and I do design work and R and D and things like that. And you're no longer in this upstairs, uh, small little area. No. 1,200 square feet would not handle that. (laughs) (laughs) It was already getting really tight with three of us. So we did hire somebody when we were there. Yeah. Um, She came on board with us right after we moved in and has been a fabulous asset. I mean, she's helped us out tremendously. Um, And then we hired our fourth, and four people in there with all the equipment was getting very tight. So we knew we were going to have to start looking. And even when we... Uh, leased that place at 1,200 square feet, we knew that we really needed about 3,000 square feet, 3,500 square feet, something like that. Um, but just there was nothing available with COVID going on and everybody right. kind of transitioning. Nobody knew what was going to happen. So it was first come, first available. We we jumped on something at, at first sight. And then, um, you know, once we kind of got everybody together and we realized that we were going to need the more space. Uh, I don't think we actually ever stopped looking for space ever since no, we moved it was into just 1,200 some, square feet. It's just hard to find. Um, and then we got lucky and found the space that we're in now. Uh, it took us about two months to actually renovate the place. So we've been there for about two months now, I guess. So we've been there for a total of four months. But uh, it is a huge improvement over what we had. Yeah. I, I would like to give a shout-out to – uh, Howard at Neba Health because he was the one that connected us to that place. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have found it. So how how big is it? Uh, we're six thousand square feet. So now. perfect, right? Yes. <laughs> really, twice what you had originally thought you needed. Yes, right. Yes, and that is not just a manufacturing facility. Is that right? Not anymore. So no, we upgraded. Um, and with six thousand square feet, we were actually able to bring in uh, since. I was still doing escape room stuff this whole time too. Like there, there were still a few escape rooms that decided, you know, Hey, everything's turned off right now. It's, it's a great time to upgrade. So we were getting some of that worked as well, but most of that had to be done at my house because in 1200 square feet, I couldn't run an electronics assembly line and table saws and, you know, all the other kind of stuff that creates all the dust. That- I'm imagining this room in this like upstairs <laughs> area. And honestly, it's making me really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was pretty yeah. fun. It was really nice though. I mean, yeah. we 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 tricked it out pretty nice. But uh, this new building gave me the ability to bring in all of the equipment that I have at my house. Uh, you know, all of our saws and all that kind of stuff. So we actually have a fabrication area in the back. We got about twenty five hundred square feet of fabrication area. Wow. 
Um, and then up front, we've got a classroom. We've got a classroom, 1,600 square feet. Yeah, that's probably David's favorite place. Right. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about it. Um, before we started talking about Cyber City, y'all also do education. Yep. Right. Um, and that is huge, huge for these kids. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, I started out, so I realized uh, – late 2018, 2019, that there was an issue with uh, the graduation rate in Augusta. Augusta has a 75% graduation rate. Now, we could flip that and we could say it's a 25% dropout rate, which means that one in four new adults don't have a high school diploma in Augusta. And you can't have a healthy, functioning society like that. It's just not possible. What's like an average graduation rate at like a, you know, an ideal kind of Well, I tell you, Columbia County has a 92% graduation rate. That's pretty ideal. So um, that, that and that's Columbia County. And, you know, uh, there's no need to point fingers about what's going on in Augusta, but you can also help and you can you can try to you can try to make it a better place. And I figured that if I could reach out to the to the at risk youth in Augusta, uh, maybe through the recreational centers, maybe through uh, just having classes. This is before I had my own classroom, just having classes. I was teaching classes at the Heritage Academy, things like that. That what, I kind could, of, what kind of classes? Just like electronics classes, soldering, like building. Uh, coding, okay. building. Like this business card right here that's also a computer. Like right. they would build things like They would this. build that, yes. Gotcha. And, um, and I figured that if I can try to inspire them to um, do something more, that maybe I could have some impact on uh, the local community to fix things. Because uh, – the only thing worse than ignorance is knowing how bad things are and not doing anything about it. And so I decided I was going to try to do something about it. I'm, I'm curious real quick. Uh, did you might have, did you have a similar impact as a child as well that no, got you onto this cyber? Not necessarily. No, I wish I did. Yeah. You know, uh, and that goes back to the, the saying, uh, be the person that you needed when you were younger. And I know who I, if, if I had a person like me, trying to teach me electronics when I was younger, I would be further along in my career path than I am today. And uh, maybe I could be that for somebody else. Awesome. And so with all that being said, you guys just did your first class in the new space. In the new space. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about what you did and then also what you're going to do or what you'd like to do. Well, um, I uh, so it was, it was past Tuesday. We had, what, 13 students? Yeah, 13, I believe. And um, it was $55 a student at the time. Uh, we're not sure if that's the rate that's going to be going forward. We, it was just uh, just trying it out. Uh, but we built a uh, soldering kit. So we had, uh, going up to this, we had a monthly soldering kit during the pandemic where we would build a new design each month, and then we would ship it out. We had, at one point, like 125 subscribers that we would ship out each month. Uh, new soldering kit, and some of them might be. Uh, we had one that was a musical keyboard. We had one that was a music uh, sequencer. We had one that was a computer keyboard where you had buttons on it. You plug into the computer, you could type, and it would work. And you build it yourself. Um, With flashy lights, flashy lights, strobe lights, <laughs> stuff like that. And we, we've, I think, we've done like fifteen of them so far, and uh, they're a hit. And um, we grabbed one of those kits off the shelf, and we built it. Uh, with these students this past week, and it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Everybody finished uh, finished their kit. Everybody's kit worked when they left. It was uh, three hours. And uh, 
we got a lot of positive feedback from the parents, uh, which is, you know, uh, they, people were asking if they could do it again, if they can have the do the class again with a different kit, which is surprising because you, you would think that, you know, you're just doing skills training. They wouldn't want to do it more than once because they, they pick up the skill. But they people were interested in doing it again and again, which is which is great. And that's the thing, too. I mean, it's it's a, I hate to say a dying skill, but it's not something that's taught anywhere. Like, you can't even go into college classes. You don't really get hands-on soldering or anything right. like that. Um so to be able to bring kids in, and we even had teachers that wanted to learn how to do it so that they could go back and teach their class how to do it. So if we can teach the teachers just to reach more you know, people out there, that's kind of what we're after is, is just opening up a whole new world of uh, you know, showing them the impossible. It's, it's magic. It's when, you, when you build something that comes to life, is all of a sudden you know, it's, it starts gears thinking, and you can just see gears turning in people's heads right. when their eyes light up. Do you, what age range are you all looking for? For, for soldering classes, is 13 and up. 13 uh, and we're up. trying to develop a program for uh, 6 to 12. Okay. So that program will probably include things like coding and, and, you know, hooking up to the computer and, you know, how to turn on lights and how to push buttons and how to make buttons do things and things like that. That's a lot to take in. Yeah. Doing the education, doing the manufacturing. Are there any other things that you want us to know about, like, what you guys are doing at Cyber City right now? One big thing that we're pushing is, uh, you know, we're a small business and there's a lot of small businesses out there that don't have manufacturing departments. That's, that's kind of what we are at our core is mm-hmm. we've turned ourselves into a manufacturing department for other companies. Um, so we're like a for hire, you know, build it, whatever you need, we can kind of build in house. That's kind of how we set ourselves up to. Uh, and especially on like the research and development side is we've been doing a lot of design work, a lot of research, um, you know, coming into new products to be able to help take the idea, you know, from, you know, a napkin sketch all the way yeah. to a, a final product that's something that you can sell. Uh, and we're even able to take it all the way to a retail package. I mean, we can, we've got a few com- customers that we, that we work with that we actually box their item up as soon as we're done with it in retail packaging. And then it gets shipped to them in bulk so that, they don't have to think about it. It's just coming off their shelf, ready to go retail package. Or ship directly to a distributor. Yeah. Or right, yeah, directly to distributor. So there's there's just a multitude of things that, that we can do being, you know, small business. We're able to pivot quickly and uh, yeah. and really help out a lot of co- a lot of customers, a lot of clients, and uh, and really push that education side as well. And, I, and I'll tell you what really makes us different than other contract manufacturers, uh, even in the United States, is that we test everything we make. So, like, for example, if uh, – Someone ordered 500 PCBs for a product. They give us a test procedure. We will run that test procedure through every single one of those PCBs, where a lot of them, they'll test maybe 1%. If, 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 if we'll test five, if those five work, then chances are they all work, right? We don't do that. Instead, we will test every single one of them, and then, when we, then we take all the ones that fail and we fix them <laughs> so that you get what you order 500 boards, you get 500 that work, uh, where... If you order your your PCB assembly from overseas, uh, they they're never tested. They're not going to test them. They don't have the time. They're 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 a high volume, high mix. They move quickly. Um, then on top of that, you have to pay tariffs, import tariffs when they come into the country. And uh, when you get a twenty percent failure rate on those boards, you order five hundred. A hundred of them don't work. Someone has to sit there on a bench test every single one of them, and then fix all the 100 that don't work when you already paid for 500 to work, uh, which is that's what we really try to push to show that we can be, make a different and better product 
than other people is that we will deliver 500 that work. Fully tested. Right. And and just for posterity, what's a PCB? Thank you for asking. I <laughs> always ask those questions. I'm glad David asked this uh, one. Printed circuit board. So the Got electronic it. component. You, Got you, it. you know, these are the things you get a TV, that green thing that's inside the TV that has all the little things on it. Right. That's a PCB. Got <laughs> it. So when your TV busts out, there's a chance it's because of a PCB. Absolutely. Love that. I it, learned something and, today. And they can fix it. No, we, we can't fix it. No, they won't fix it. We can make we a won't new one, <laughs> and we can now fix it. So let's talk about this this last kind of component, which is something you guys have mentioned, which is this, like, take it from napkin to product thing. Right. So that kind of implies creating new products that maybe didn't exist or maybe weren't possible to buy. Are there any products that you've made that you're, like, really proud of that you also haven't signed non-disclosures about and can talk about? No. <laughs> Love that answer. Um, <laughs> our, our subscription box. I'm really, our subscription I'm, box I'm really is really great. Uh, we, we did uh, one of the really cool things that we've done is uh, there's this company out of North Carolina that works a lot with NASCAR. And he built uh, CAN bus adapters, which CAN bus is the communication protocol that your car works on. So when your tire sensor needs to tell your car computer what the pressure is, it uses CAN bus. Okay. Uh, your check engine lights, CAN bus, all that stuff. And um, he built a lot of stuff that go around these things. And uh, we did the manufacturing. We did the packaging for him. We did all the programming and testing for him. And now he's able to take that product. He's got uh, – he sold two to the aquarium at Monterey Bay yep. for them to put on their submarine for uh, testing and diagnostics of the submarine, things like that. He's, he's selling them all to all kinds of companies that are outside of NASCAR while this was originally a purpose-built product for NASCAR and um, which is which is really cool and we're able to help him do that yeah he's a small company that uh just one guy one guy needed needed to reach out and you know needed somebody to do the manufacturing for him he was doing it in-house and he realized how much time it was taking you know him to do it where he should be out focusing on something else Mm -hmm. so we were able to step up and, and you know do all of that manufacturing for him and help him get more product through faster than he could do it in-house. I mean, we were able to build, test, and deliver, you know, all the way to retail packaging, and then that way he can focus on actually selling, you know, all the different devices. Stick around for more of Chris and David on the Drop the Disc podcast recorded right here at Augusta Podcast Studio. But first, let's talk to you about our friends at the Clubhouse. Uh, We're talking today to two local business owners who are in the cyber sector. They're building things and creating technology in Augusta. This is the type of company that the Clubhouse loves to serve. They're in the Nathan Deal Cyber Center on the third floor. Uh, We have our memberships there because we like to go to the networking events. We like to see what's going on. They just did an event called Beers and Bites, um, and they're always trying to network different business owners, different entrepreneurs, and different people that are interested in building the cyber community in Augusta. They're creating jobs and opportunities for businesses and individuals in Augusta. We love what they're doing. And if you want to learn more about them, visit them at theclubhow.se and at makestartups.com. So, go ahead. You, you might be asking the same thing. I don't know. But he might have already asked it and I might have misunderstood it. But uh, y'all are the designers of what's going on, kind of. That's kind of how you said it already. Right. Um, is there anything that y'all are working on that isn't a contract that like you can insider talk about. technology yes. oh so we're we're actually working with uh westminster uh, they have they received a grant this past year to start their own robotics program 
um, and something I have done back in the to past. robotics. Yes, yeah, it's all it always goes back to robots. Everything is robots these days. Um, but I, my wife and I, we actually taught with Aiken County Robotics and in first and Vex and that kind of stuff. We started our own team at Silver Bluff High, where she was a teacher at the time, and um, so. It, when Westminster or Westminster reached out and they said, Hey, we have this grant money. We want to do a, a brand new robotics team because it, all of these other, you know, high school robotics programs are so expensive to get into. Um, we have money. We want to, you know, actually offer it to other private schools in the area. Uh, we jumped at the opportunity, you know, we were able to, we sit on their board and we recommend, you know, hardware and we recommend program changes. Uh, we're actually designing all of the electronics for this robot kit in house so that when the kids get it, they'll actually, it'll be a soldering kit for the kids. They'll get to build the, the, all the electronics, which is not found in any other robotics competition out there. They get to assemble all of the hardware to build the robot however they want it to look, you know, based on specs that they get from, you know, the design team, whatever the, the competition is going to be for that year. And then uh, they get to program the robot to do all these different missions. So it's a really cool you know, once you see it kind of all come together between the electronics, the hardware, and the programming, you know, it's an all-in-one encompassed kind of program that we're able to build up right here in town. I know that we breezed over this a little bit earlier, and we should not have. Um, these robot competitions, can you tell us about, like, how they work? How Do you win? How do you win? How, like, <laughs> what do you expect if you go to one? That kind of stuff. Pretty sure you win if the robot can't move anymore. I think you'd kill it. <laughs> yeah, so so BattleBots goes all the way back. Um, I think BattleBots' first season was actually like 97, 98 time frame. Um, when we're, they were doing season one, season two uh, on Comedy Central. That's probably where a lot of people actually know BattleBots from. Uh, they did five seasons with Comedy Central, then everything kind of went underground. There were a few other kind of competitions pop up. Um, and then here lately in the last five or six years, uh, Discovery Channel, ABC picked them up for a couple of seasons. Then Discovery Channel picked them. Uh, that's kind of where they're at now. And it's you. It's basically a hobby that you just dump a whole bunch of money into, and you don't mind if you lose it. Um, like you golf. Could, like golf. Yeah, and probably way more expensive than golf. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, some of these robots, I mean, you're talking about a, uh, a 250-pound robot that may cost upwards of $100,000. And when you throw it in the arena with another $100,000 robot, if you come out, um, you know, as a winner, you still may have to replace five or $6,000 worth of parts on your robot every I, round. I now understand why the losing team was not happy. I would never... <laughs> So you get a stout investment. Yeah, you get destroyed. And, um, you know, it's sometimes it's easier just to light a a trash can full of hundred dollar bills on fire. But it's all about, uh, you know, it it's a very camaraderie sport, though. So if you are ever in the pits, it's really cool to see everybody come together. All the teams basically love each other. They, you know, if I destroy you in the arena, as soon as we come out, once I got my robot fixed, I'm coming over to help you fix your robot to get you back up and going. Um, because I want to see everybody do really well. And it's, it's a learning experience for everybody because you're learning material science, you're learning, you know, kinetic weapons, you're learning just all kinds of crazy physics that are nowhere to be seen anywhere else in the world. Cause when some of these guys hit each other, like it's like two tanks hitting each other out in the middle of the field, you can feel it in your, in your chest, you know, even though you're a hundred feet away from them. Um, so it's a really, really cool, you know, if, if they ever, or if you're ever nearby where they're filming, go watch it. It's awesome in person. It's totally different on TV. And as far as prize money goes, there is barely any. So it's, 
it's all about just it's uh, a passion sport. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's totally a passion sport. Wow. It's like buying a house and letting it fight your neighbor's house. <laughs> and you may not have a house when you're done. Right. <laughs> and then next year you got to build another house. And then you have to exactly. build another house. Exactly. <laughs> is is that similar to what Westminster will be doing? What's the what will they be doing? <laughs> no, thankfully not. They're uh, <laughs> they're all about love over there. <laughs> yeah, they, they're more um, they're more into design challenges. Uh, so there will be different tasks. So it'll be a task-based orientated, you know, type of robot. You know, it might be following a line on the floor or finding, you know, avoiding objects, you know, doing some um, AI type recognition to where it needs to go to a certain area. Um, and you'll notice that a lot of this stuff actually leads into more of like manufacturing jobs. So there's a lot of AI coming up. There's a lot of uh, factory floors that are implementing robotics these days yeah. that, you know, can do all these crazy things they're task-based you know orientated robots so that you when you go through a program like first or vex or what westminster what westminster is working on um you can see that it actually gives you the the life skills to be able to move into some type of manufacturing job or, or something like that don't go anywhere we'll be right back after this message from our friend george clausen Hey guys, it's George Clausen with Friends of Benefits. I want to tell you about an awesome show that we have coming up September 23rd at the Sharon Jones Amphitheater with Moon Taxi, one of Augusta's favorite bands. The last time they were in town, they absolutely killed it at the Miller. It's September 23rd at the Sharon Jones Amphitheater, and you can get tickets at fwbpro.com. And don't forget, that's fwbpro.com. Hurry up and get your tickets. It's going to be an awesome show. Well, I want to ask one more question before we wrap it up, and and I just want to hear from you guys. You know, Cyber City Circuits. Uh, we're sitting here in downtown Augusta in Cyber City. It's um, a great place you have here too, by the way. Thank, thank you. you, thank, thank you. you. I, I and and you guys do have this mission that's kind of the undertones of what you're doing that involves education and involves kind of improving the lives of Richmond County students. I, I want to ask you about what you think about the future of what you think the future of your business will look like and how that interplays potentially with where we are in Augusta. Leading up to where we're, where we're going is uh, we've grown exponentially in the last year. You know, if we continue this growth, yeah, seriously. then then what that's going to offer us and, and allow us to do is be able to give back more to the community as far as like the education side goes. So the more that we can do on the manufacturing side, that kind of funds the education leg of the business, if you will, mm-hmm. um, which allows us to reach more kids and to reach more um, people that are interested in electronics, more, you know, interested in learning some type of skill where they're not stuck in doing retail or fast food or something like that. We're actually giving them kind of a leg up to where they can go and find a better job. Um, so the more that we can get on the manufacturing side just increases the output on our education side. And is your classroom just for you guys? Uh, no, not at all. We're actually uh, looking at opening it up in the next little bit to, you know, anybody that may want to use it, you know, to teach computers or anything like that. We have it set up a certain way right now with all of our soldering equipment, um, but it's not something that we could take down or it is something that we can take down fairly easily to, you know, rent out the classroom for a day or a week or a month or whatever needs to be happening, you know, whatever needs to happen. Yeah. So if you need classroom space, look us up. Very cool. I'm going to ask kind of an open-ended question real quick before I close it out. Um, We are cyber city now, Augusta, because of command is now coming to Augusta. We're still in that process. Can you explain to me and David and to our listeners, what does cyber actually entail? So the definition of cyber is anything having to do with electronics, uh, computers, internet, and virtual reality, if you look it up. 
Okay. Um, and so I think that one of the biggest uh, disservices that people do to cyber is that they only really focus on the information technology parts, where the, fa- the fundamentals of it is in the electronics, and that's what we do is the uh, – uh, the electronics theory and the design and things like that that goes into building these systems. And uh, I think that if people would take the time to learn those systems uh, better, that it would really benefit their career path uh, for, for cyber because I mean, it's, it's important to know how the things actually work versus uh, how to do other things with them. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a physical aspect to cyber, and that's kind of where electronics right. fit in, is you, you've got that physical component of knowing how this thing works. So, you know, from a cyber standpoint, if you will, if I know how it works, then I know how to better manipulate that item to, to do whatever I need it to do. That's excellent. So now we know. Now we know. I By the way, this may be one of the most educational episodes oh, we've for done sure. for at least ourselves. This I, don't, is I, I hope the listeners are getting this much out of it, but I've gotten a lot out of it. They're awesome. going to be pretty upset that I'm about to close it out. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for the Drop the Disc question presented by Trainer Gray. The Drop the Disc question is sponsored by someone that's absolutely dropping the disc here in the CSRA. Trainer Gray Media. They do an incredible job by... Marketing all companies in new, different ways that can grasp the listener or viewer's attention to your business. I know that's a lot to say, but you've got to check them out on their website. Their videos that they make for companies are just incredible. Check them out, Trainer Gray Media, and join us for the Drop the Disc question. Uh, So we ask every guest on this show, uh, what does dropping the disc mean to you? And what that means in a phrase is if someone were to walk up to you and talk negatively about the city, how would you respond? What would your response be to them? And, you know, we started with Chris, so let's start with David. Okay. Uh, I would say do something about it. I mean, just uh, instead of complaining about it, try to find some way to make an impact to improve it for the people in Augusta. I mean, the people living here, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not the best. Augusta has problems. Uh, the community can make it better, though. The community can try to fix it. Um, it's a uh, it's it's a tough problem for for a lot of people in this area. It's it's terrible. Um, 2019 numbers. Uh, you know, we don't have pandemic numbers, but 2019. Uh, if I said 46.8 percent, we could say that's half, right? We're friends. 46.8 percent is half, right? Close. Half the children in Augusta live in poverty every single day. That's one in two. That means if you see a kid walking around in Augusta, there's a chance that kid lives in poverty every single day. The people living here uh, need help. And, uh, you know, you can try to help. You can make it better instead of just complaining about it. Thank you. Don't complain about it. Yeah, exactly. That, that's kind of my take on it as well is, uh, you know, r- being raised, my mom always taught me, you know, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. That's the same thing that we kind of teach our kids now is, uh, you know, if if you don't have anything good to say about somebody, just keep your mouth shut and then figure out how you can better help that person. Because if they if somebody is talking bad about this area or something going on, there's probably something going on in that person's life that needs to, you know, have a change done to it. So 
if, if you can look at it from a different you know perspective and say, well, how can I help you or how, what can, what can I do to help you help this area? Um, and, and that's what we're looking to try to do. You know, it just takes one or two people to make a change and then uh, it, it can actually be a generational change. And then all of a sudden we have a whole different outcome in, you know, 10 years from now. Those are two excellent answers. And very on brand, by the way. Yes. <laughs> very on brand. Um, thank you guys for coming. Chris and David, a fantastic uh, couple of names for fantastic entrepreneurs. Um, <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> uh, you guys uh, are right down the street from us. We appreciate what you're doing. Uh, if you guys want to learn more about them, you can go to their website that I'm reading off of this uh board in front of me at cybercitycircuits.com. Do you guys have any shout outs or anything before we before we go? I would say just, you know, follow us on Twitter at Make, yep, Augusta. make Augusta. At Make Augusta. Yep. Right. I'm I'm at Robo Jeep. Um <laughs> so I, I drive a Jeep, so that's uh perfect for me. But uh yeah, if, and if anybody needs anything, feel free to reach out. We we love to help. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Chris with Around Augusta. For those of you at home that aren't quite sure, or maybe you're listening to this for the first time, but Around Augusta is a little segment for myself to talk about things coming to the city. And I've got something pretty cool that I want to go into detail about. The Savannah Riverkeeper, their headquarters, is right in the middle of downtown off the river, near the past little bit of the, from the boat marina. They sit on 14 acres of land, and next door to them, which they also own, is an old cars part. Um, it's basically just been a dump for the over past five years of illegal dumping and whatnot. And so the Savannah River Keeper is going to turn that around. They want to turn that into a recreation park. So you're going to get new trails. We're going to be getting new kayak launch points. We're going to get a boat ramp. And also something I'm very excited about is we're going to get an 18 hole disc golf course right on the river in Augusta. This is so cool. I wanted to take the time to talk about it. If you want more information about it, you can simply go to savannahriverkeeper.com or go check them out on Facebook. We will see you around Augusta next week.